He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. So here's our no prep podcast. Like we didn't even discuss anything about what we we're going to talk about today. So if y'all don't like this one, it's Father's fault. Yeah, he, uh, John Ray asked me, he's like, what are we talking about today? And I said, dude, the readings, they just got so much. Let's yeah, just yeah. go with it. So we'll figure it out. Uh, so welcome to episode 44 of Beyond the Homily. Um, speaking of Father's fault, I was on the book face last week. Oh, and, book of faces. And, and one of our three listeners um, was at the gym with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick, yes, we're talking about you. I just want the whole world, all three listeners to know that there is a video of father at the gym kicking a man while he's down. Not really, but like <laughs> Patrick had some challenges at the gym and father just kind of looked at him. Yeah. I don't, he, I don't really know what happened. We I just were saw doing uh, rope climbs and rope climbs are, are hard, you know, at first. Uh, well, Patrick was doing a legless rope climb which is which is hard uh oh he has i'm sorry i went i had an image of patrick with no leg okay i understand what you're saying yeah you don't use your legs and so me and him were going up at the same time and i came down uh, very gracefully i might add i did see that video uh patrick came down a little bit faster he uh (laughs) he fell (laughs) fell down from the rope and i heard it and you turned around and kicked him yeah well i turned around i just kind of look the video just has me looking at him in disappointment uh, but if the video would have continued, it actually looked a whole lot worse for me. Because as soon as I turned around, I thought to myself, I said, he's done. He's n- he's never coming back here. He's never going to walk <laughs> again. You know, he's like, we're going to have to bring him communion. He's not coming to church anymore. Uh, but, you know, whenever it happened, I kind of looked at him and, and he had this look of defeat on himself. And uh, I walked up to him. And when I saw that he was he was going to be okay, I just gave him a fist bump and went right back to work working out uh see uh, the video didn't go that long see patrick you should show the whole story <laughs> it was a, i don't know i think the person videoing uh probably stopped you know to go That's check true. on him yeah i didn't even to go think check, that to it go wasn't check on patrick him. videoing because yeah. he was falling from the rope yeah and so gracefully i might add oh look he, he got down look, there's so many analogies me. here right like you know when we fall in sin and seem defeated wow. father walks up to us and gives us the grace to get up again well that <laughs> i told him <laughs> no patrick said this uh he told me he said father cares about my spiritual well-being not so much about my physical <laughs> that's true i think that's what the <laughs> post was captioned or, okay, I, okay, I don't know yeah i don't know he, yeah so that um, was uh, that was the gym so we had our our uh first RCIA section. Let's just take a hard <laughs> right away from that. Thanks, Patrick, for being part of our conversation this morning. Glad I could support our donors. Um, we, <laughs> we, uh, we had um, our first RCIA session in, um, this last Sunday. We have a great group. And at RCIA, we, um, we start with Lexio Divina, right? And you and I spoke briefly about this. When, and for the, our listeners who maybe don't know what that is, um, it's a it's a very, very um, formatted way to pray with scripture. Is that a fair way of saying yeah, it? Absolutely. Um, where, where you read scripture and, and, and you read it a couple of times and you're listening for a word or a phrase, something that kind of stands out to you or mm-hmm. draws you in or, I don't know, just is attractive to you. Yeah. Um, and then you sit with that in prayer with God and let him speak into, you know, the whys and the what's and the hows of yeah. all of that. And so we... 
we're doing this and last Sunday's reading was uh, Jesus healing the 10 lepers. Yep. Um, and so not knowing where we're going to go with this, I'm going to just lob this out there and we can run with it. Yeah, absolutely. I was, um, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about, you know, me doing research. Hold on, on, I finished my story. Oh, You're cutting ahead, me off. Ahead, <laughs> I'm going to give you the rest of the segment. Yeah, go. Nobody wants to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never once got, man, you're so good. I've always gotten, <laughs> man, Father Poirier is just so awesome. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's okay. My, my ego is big enough. I can take it. <laughs> um, but so one of the candidates, I mean, you know, and, and the cool thing about doing Lexio and in a group discussion in a group setting is we get to see how scripture the same verse, the same words impact different people different ways. And so Jesus heals the 10 lepers and then he sends them off to the priests um, to present themselves. And on the way, they, they're they all presumably healed, but only one returns, right? Um, and they said, uh, one of the candidates said, man, did the others even realize that they were healed? And I've just been sitting with that since Sunday. Like, how many times has the Lord healed us? And and not only did we not show up with gratitude, right? But how many times has he healed us and we didn't even realize that we had been healed? Yeah. All right, the rest of this episode's yours. No, beginning with gratitude, so important, right? To be grateful for what we have. It's kind of like one of the very first movements of prayer is that I give thanks before I'm asking for something else again, you know? Like to ask for something in prayer is still a beautiful thing, huh? We ask our parents what we need. Uh, we ask God our Father what we need. Um, but to be eternally grateful for what we have. I remember my grandmother, uh, you know, I was kind of prone uh, as a child to uh, melancholy or just to kind of, as, uh, as, you know, we typically say, I was looking at the glass half empty a lot of the times in life. And my grandmother gave me this advice. She said, um, take your rosary and um, on each Hail Mary bead, say something you're thankful for. And she said, well, when you get to the, like the second or the third decade, uh, you find out, you start saying stuff that's very close to your heart that you never thought you were thankful for. Mm. And, and, and that's, that's a beautiful prayer. Uh, people that struggle with depression or kind of, and stuff like that, I typically give that advice. Uh, to find things you're thankful for, especially things you never thought you were thankful for. Uh, you typically get out the first and second decade, um, you know, the things that on the surface level, of course, everyone's going to be grateful for. But once you get deeper into that rosary, you start to find very specific things that only you're grateful for. Um, and so gratitude is is a key thing. Uh, and the, the lepers, right? So it, it begins with the story of Naaman in the book of Kings, Naaman, a Syrian general, um, a very powerful figure. Uh Naaman was not an Israelite. He was not Jewish. Um, remember, in the Old Testament, the, the faith of God was the Jewish faith. Huh? And so if you were part of the one true God, you were a Jew. Right? Naaman was not mm. a Jew, so therefore he was a pagan. Um, Naaman, an extraordinarily powerful man, traveled very far to go see Elisha, the prophet who was a healer and who was Jewish, a Jewish prophet. And so he was going to seek out this prophet of a different faith, traveling very far, which is essentially very humiliating. You know, you're, you're a very powerful man. People come see you. You don't go see them. And so in humility, he seeks out Elisha. 
and um, he goes to Elisha. Elisha says, go seven times into the river Jordan. Now, this is not in our reading, I believe. This is kind of like right before. Um, and, and Naaman kind of uh, puts up a front. He said, why do I got to do that? You know, should I do that? Well, eventually, by faith, he obeys Elisha, the prophet, goes seven times in, into the Jordan because the Jordan is not a very big river and it's not a very clean river. Mm. Uh, so he could find a lot of much bigger, more elegant uh, and cleaner rivers that the Syrian general would look more pristine going into. Um, but instead he goes into this dirty water um, seven times and comes up with skin as a, like, a, like a baby again because right? leprosy, why Naaman goes to Elisha, he has leprosy, is a, a disease that kind of distorts your skin, right? And uh, they were ostracized from the community because they were seen as cursed by God. And it didn't matter if they were Jewish or Samaritan. If you had leprosy, you were... Yeah, because you could, affect, you could uh, infect other people and stuff like that. So they, uh, they didn't want... It. You were always ostracized from the community and cursed if you had leprosy. Right, and you had to, if you were coming around or or people were coming around you, didn't you have to announce that? Yeah, yeah, like unclean, unclean. Yeah. You know, you had to yell it. Uh, so it was extraordinarily embarrassing, um, humiliating, degrading, everything. Um, the closest thing, I mean, like man. I don't know of anything modern, like maybe when AIDS first came say around. Like Opelou, being from Opelousas uh, or Scott. Being for, yeah, well, from Dusan, not Scott. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe when AIDS first came around, you know, it was very... Do you remember that? No. Okay. No, but I worked at an AIDS... I worked at a clinic oh, for people dude, that had AIDS and Your uh, hospital chaplaincy? Uh, when I was in New Orleans, I worked at a, um, a facility that helped uh, people with AIDS, which was often uh, kind of... They were uh, either drug addicts or they struggled with same-sex attraction. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I kind of worked there for um, about a year. Um, and they would tell me stories about whenever AIDS, you know, first came around and stuff like that. Um, how And it was terrible, you know, um, kind of like a death sentence. Well, for leprosy, okay, analogy-wise, right? So Naaman goes and seeks him out. Uh, is healed miraculously and then says I will offer no more sacrifice to these other gods but to your God to the one true God mm. and that's the uh, at least for that that little uh, section that is the nugget of truth right there right is not so much that he's healed physically but on an infinitely more important level he's healed spiritually from his idolatry he's no longer worshiping false gods but now is going <clears> to <throat> but is now going to worship the one true god and then that's where we go into our gospel Mm. And Jesus, uh, walking through the nations, bringing salvation to the world, uh, in the distance, ten lepers, right? Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, in his biblical commentary uh, for Luke, he only has a completed biblical commentary for Matthew and John. Um, for the other ones, we just have his notes, and they're kind of sporadic because he died early on. Um, and St. Thomas Aquinas, he says, within this gospel, there's three movements within the gospel that's so important. The first one is that the ten lepers represent people who break the Ten Commandments. 
and bring decay to their souls. And then he goes into the ten, and then he goes into the different sins and how it brings decay. And then uh, it just kind of cuts out. <laughs> we don't have his other two movements within the gospel passage. So I thought that was incredible. The ten lepers that uh, you know have decay on their skin. He says, "Well, it represents people who break the ten commandments and mm-hmm. have decay in their soul." And Christ is going to heal that. He's going to bring healing to sin. He's going to he's going to take sin out of their life, and he's going to heal them. So he's going to give them more than a fist bump when they fall off the rope. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to give them a hand and help them back Sorry, up. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he definitely, he's going to give them more than a fist bump uh, and a dirty look. So uh, I thought I thought that was incredible. Yeah, no, And I was, like, cool. I was like, man, should I go and like with that direction? Because part of giving a homily, you can't, present like uh, man there's sometimes there's like 20 ideas that come forward you could only present on one you know as uh my priest mentor um father blanda uh, he told me one time he says yes uh connor there's um well actually he said father poirier he said well father poirier um there's just so much to preach about and you only have 50 years to do it (laughs) (laughs) kind of putting in a nutshell i was like hey look you have time to preach about all these things so so father joel if you're listening there's so much to preach about (laughs) yeah that's uh um, and you only got and you can't go in 20 different directions yeah so you know typically you go into one and people respond better with that huh that you take one point and you go with that yeah um they're able to hold on to that better. Um, and so I, I was thinking about going in that direction, but with the reading of the, with the first reading from Kings, it's assuming that we're going to talk about worship because with the healing of the 10 lepers, only one of them returns to give thanks. Mm-hmm. The stranger, it says a Samaritan, which is presuming that the other nine are Jewish. So, okay, um, th- this question came up in RCIA, and since this is beyond the homily, mm-hmm. and we can go a little deeper, um, do you know why it was important that Jesus sent them back to the priests? Yes, to fulfill the Old Testament laws. Because, right? uh, mm-hmm. because go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so in the Old Testament, for a healing to happen, it needed to be judged by the priest mm. huh, uh, of the Jewish faith. And so Jesus said, tells them, go back to the priest. Because Jesus doesn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, the mm-hmm. Old Covenant. God, It is God who started the Old Covenant. And so the Old Covenant is very good. Mm-hmm. It's just that the new covenant is perfect and it's the completion of what he started. It's like writing a book and then he finally put the last chapter in. Right? Sure. And so it's the completion of that. So it's interesting how even in his humanity, God who healed still operated inside the parameters which he set mm-hmm. if that makes sense and what's even can, more interesting mm-hmm. is the samaritans would not have practiced the jewish customs yeah. and he sent the samaritan yeah. to the priest that's a that's an interesting take because god still does that today within the church within the sacraments huh? god, god can work any way he wants He's God. Absolutely. Um, It's just that he chose to do this way. Now, why did he choose this way 
rather than any other way conceivable to man. I mean, literally any other way. He could have made, um, you know, I don't know, spaghetti fall from the sky. And anyone that ate the spaghetti uh, immediately turned into an angel and went to heaven. Why did he choose this way rather than that way? All of our gluten people are like, yeah. not spaghetti. Not spaghetti. <laughs> the, uh, why did he choose that? Uh, look, because in his divine mind, he saw that this was the best way. Sure. Um, and so uh, he sends them back to the priest to, because that's part of the Jewish custom. Mm-hmm. And God and, and Jesus is a Jew. Jesus was working within that Jewish custom. Um, so many things we miss by not understanding the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was brought up, you know, at, at one point. And you think about it like this, like if someone from outside of Louisiana, outside of Acadiana, read a book about our life, there would be so many things that they missed because they didn't understand the Cajun culture, you know, and we miss all of those little things. One, because a lot of times we don't understand the Old Testament and the laws of the Old Testament. And two, because we don't understand the cultural traditions that the Jewish people probably still have today. Oh, yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. Or even like the local customs of that time, or even the location of places, like mm-hmm. how far it took, how short it took. Like it's why on my did bucket it... list to go to the Holy Land. Yeah, I mean, like understand uh, people dedicate their lives to understanding every nook and cranny uh, yeah. to where they could pull out the most from it. St. Jerome says the fifth gospel is the land, right? Wow. Is the geography. No, I never knew that. You, you never heard that? No, that's incredible. Though. Man, I feel educated now. Hey, look, <laughs> stumping father. <laughs> no, that's so incredible. So he sends them back to the priest. I keep derailing that yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he sends the 10 back to the priest. Only one returns the Samaritan. Assume, and he says Samaritan, the stranger, um, which assumes that the other was not Samaritans. They were Jewish. Sure. Um, which means that they were the, they were the chosen people of God Mm -hmm. and they're not returning to give thanks Um, and then uh, so the stranger I said the Greek is anogenes is the only time in the New Testament that's used Uh, a stranger this foreigner and then to give thanks Eucharistia Uh, the Eucharist means to give thanks and that's where I walked into the conversation last night at the football game Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've so, never heard of Eucharistia, Father. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, to give thanks, Eucharist means to give thanks. So, putting that all together, I, I said I kind of made the analogy: these Jewish people that did not return to give thanks, that were part of the family of God, essentially had ancestors who are saints. Right. That followed the custom all the way from Abraham. Right. And so they had people in heaven or, you know, after Jesus opened up heaven, they were allowed into heaven. um, They had holy ancestors, but they themselves did not return to give thanks. And I made the the connection at some point in our life we have to return to give thanks i hear all the time father oh my parents were so holy my grandparents were so holy they never missed mass they always went to confession oh they got anointed before they died you know they prayed their rosary they had pictures of the, uh, the saints jesus mary the, even the holy father on their wall um i said okay what about you oh man i can't remember the last time <laughs> i mean look if people say, I'm riding on their coattails, tell you the truth, no, you're not. Look, they gave you the gift of faith. 
Now it's your job to nurture the faith or it's your job to kill it. You're not riding on anyone's coattails. At your judgment, at my judgment, God's not going to ask you about your mom and dad and how faithful they were or how faithful your grandparents were or how faithful your kids were or what school you went to. This is a big one. Father, I went to Catholic school. I know all that. Well, no, you don't because I never went to Catholic school. I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice to either follow God or not and to return to give thanks or not. You could, look, these these programs that we have are fantastic in helping you make that decision. These programs we have, whether they're Catholic schools, our youth programs, uh, you know, whatever Father's doing, this beyond the homily thing, uh, these programs do not make the decision for you. Mm. I would even go to say... Um, that even going to daily mass and adoration, you could just be a creature of habit going through motions and not actually be in relationship following Jesus. We have You're to make, close to it, but you know, we have to make the decision to return, to give thanks, to have gratitude for what we mm. have. Look at what we have. I was meeting with Father Pio, who's uh, from this parish, from this diocese, does mission work in China. He was telling me stuff that, again, I have absolutely, I have no idea what he's talking about. He tell he would tell me, he would he would meet with people, and they they're strong Catholics. They have absolutely no idea what it means to what it means to be a Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's illegal for them to go to church. Mm-hmm. It's I remember he told me he said he he met some nuns. In China, that was uh, in final vows. These are nuns, and he taught and he gave a homily about the love of God. You know, God loves us, and you know all this. He made us in love, and those nuns came up to him and said, "I've never heard of that before." Wow. He said, "Nuns in final vows never heard about the love of God." He met a woman who had a few kids. This is this is where they were at, and they were still returning to give thanks. She lost her child through the government. The government uh, took her child and killed him. And she said, "Well, that's well, that was God's will. God God wanted that to happen." Uh, and and he and he had to explain to her, "No, that's not God's will. God God loves your child." He said, "Oh, I never heard of that before. I just figured since it happened, it had to be God's will, and I'm just supposed to be thankful for that." And these people are still risking their life to go to church. Say that again. They're still risking their life to go to church. I remember when I was a youth minister, we had mass in a parking lot one Sunday morning. We were at a conference and in order to get back in a timely manner, we weren't going to be able to make the closing mass at the conference, but we were going to make it to the closing session. So that morning we celebrated Sunday mass in the parking lot of our hotel so that after the end of the closing session, we could just hop on the bus and Mm -hmm. come back home. And I remember during that mass, I thought to myself, how many people are locked in a basement right now in the darkness, whispering the prayers of mass in some country where it's Mm -hmm. illegal. Yeah. And we're out here in broad daylight in the middle of public and you know, where everybody can see, you know, just the gratitude as we yeah. continue to talk about gratitude, the gratefulness of our freedoms to be able to express our faith in God yeah, uh, and learn about the love of God. Yeah. A lot of people's bubbles need to be popped with this. It is absolutely uh, th- this this idea that we can just like slack off in regards to going to Sunday mass and like God doesn't care about that. 
when we, uh, when we, when we lose control of the rope and we fall, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this, uh, how do I return to give thanks to God? I go to confession and I receive the Eucharist worthily and well. Mm. Eucharist means to give thanks. I return to Sunday Mass to give thanks. There is absolutely no way that me as a person can return thanks to God in my own capacity where it's where it's received worthily and well. God is infinite and I'm not. God mm-hmm. is perfect and I'm not. So anything I give to God has some ro- I give God an apple where well, they got some worms in there. They got some rotten parts in there. Huh? Uh, but the Mass... Jesus gives thanks to God the Father for us, and we attach ourselves to that. The, the perfect way we give thanks to God is Eucharistia, the Eucharist, mm. receiving God worthily and well in the Eucharist, not with mortal sin on our soul, but worthily and well. That is how we return to give thanks. Missing Sunday Mass is a mortal sin, and mortal means you're dead. I mean, I'm dead. In this spiritual life, I'm dead. I'm kaput. Um, And... And we, I hear a lot of people say, well, God knows my heart. You know, he knows I'm thankful and stuff like that. I bet those other nine said the exact same thing. Oh, God knows my heart. He knows I don't have to, you know, do all that. You know, he can read my soul. Um, The only one that didn't presume God's mercy and grace was the stranger. Uh, Probably because he saw just how much he was missing. People that take the faith for granted, they'll lose it. Mm-hmm. And um, and it'll be the person that was furthest from God that would be closest to God because they don't take God for granted. They know where life without God will lead them and where it's taken them. And so they truly are thankful because they can see all the things that they're thankful for now because they didn't have it before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the uh, Casually missing mass... Uh, for whatever excuse, there are legitimate excuses, huh? Like I'm sick or I have to take care of someone who's sick, charity, right? Uh, These are legitimate reasons. But for casually and lazily missing mass, don't think God ignores that or has like no opinion on that. That's, I say presumption. Presumption is a a deadly sin because when you presume God's mercy, you're not making God merciful. You're making him a bum mm. to just be taken advantage of. Like, oh, God will forgive me. God will forgive me. I said, well, that's not a God. That's not God then. You just, he's a, he's a doormat for you. Um, and that's not the God we serve. He's the way your kids treat. You are the way to him that your kids treat you. Mm-hmm. Ungrateful, unappreciative, ex everything mm-hmm. right. but to return and give thanks to God to never take things for granted a grateful heart that's man that's that's how we worship God that's name and returning and saying I'm a man I, now that I see now that I'm cleansed and I'm healed I'm only going to worship him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's going to come in between. I don't care. He's serious. He was a powerful general. For him to convert for the opponent side, that's something serious. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, so to bring us full circle, mm-hmm. um, where has God healed you in your life that you've maybe missed it? And then how are you grateful? 
like all the things that God has given you, that God continues to give you, the healing that he continues to bestow in your life, the blessings you have, what are the things that you're grateful for? And are you bringing that to mass with you to unite it with Jesus's gratitude that he presents to his father on our behalf? Yep. Great episode. Oh yeah. Great readings. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would like to invite you, encourage you to share it with a friend. Uh, be sure to like us, follow us on your podcast listener of choice. Uh, we look forward to seeing y'all at mass this weekend. God bless. God bless. God bless.